Hi, this is the second episode of Periods, the Uncomfortable History Podcast. Today I'm going to be talking about Edward Colston, who once said that every helpless widow is my wife and her distressed orphans my children, as long as they weren't Africans who could be exploited for personal gain as part of the slave trade. He's come into public attention after his statue was thrown into the harbour by Black Lives Matter protesters in Bristol last week, an action which has led to controversy. Bristol's Mayor Marlon Rees expressed sympathy with the protests but concern over the large gathering and possible spread of COVID-19. The Avon and Somerset police chose not to interrupt the pulling down of the memorial and Prime Minister Boris Johnson condemned it as a criminal act. I hope this episode will give some insight into why Colston's statue was an affront to many black people in Bristol, as well as shedding light on Bristol's turbulent history with the slave trade. Once again, please check out Fill in the Blanks and the Black Curriculum website. Number one desirable I do what I want when I want and how I want it Leave you with the one in the air That's how I want I got tons of soul on my true collective ball Famous, also famous, number one desirable I do what I want when I want and how I want it Leave you with the one in the air That's how I roll I got changes, so I don't care about no gold Better, so much better, flipping incredible Always on the show, so they know that I still got it And I never feel sorry, yeah, top of the world After the murder of George Floyd, protests have swept across the UK out of sympathy for the US as well as anger at the inequality here too. Scenes of confrontation between police and protesters, particularly in London, have been broadcasted across the media, with many in government showing disapproval over these moments of heightened tension where social distancing has been broken. But it was the toppling of a monument in the smallest city of Bristol that has really brought the British Black Lives Matter movement into the spotlight and prompted the greatest outrage from the far right. But for many, this outcome isn't surprising. Bristol, a growing modern and multicultural city, has been consciously battling with its slave trade past since the late 1990s. Marvin Rees points to this discussion as well as several other factors leading to the explosion of events on the harbour. Bristol has a history of rebellion, the 1831 riots, the Bristol bus boycott, or the suffragettes. Upset over the disproportionate BAME deaths from the coronavirus pandemic, and frustration with politics had a role to play. But arguably, the long-standing debate over Bristol's part to play in the transatlantic triangle is a route to this outpouring of emotion in the city. The transatlantic triangle can be summed up very crassly, but very clearly. Brass to Africa, slaves to the Americas, and sugar to Bristol. Of the ports involved, Bristol was the second greatest behind London, and the largest between 1730 and 1745, once the Royal African Company's monopoly was broken. It acted as a gateway from the Atlantic into Britain for the sugar trade, as well as other commodities that were grown through slave labour across the ocean. Its legacy is felt across the city. Perry's Bridge is named after a slave brought to live there, and much of Bristol's infrastructure is built from the tremendous wealth that the slave trade created. It's no surprise that there are many statues, street names, buildings named after slave traders involved due to the wealth that they brought to the city, and those who went on to give to charity like Colson did. 
So why was it Colston's statue to go? Colston is commemorated for his philanthropy in Bristol, mostly for his work as an MP for the city from 1710 to 14, where his donations to orphanages and the like during the latter part of his life helped alleviate poverty in the city. Colston did contribute to the social development of Bristol in the 18th century. It's not just a statue, his name is plastered across streets, a lecture hall, an independent school and a high-rise office block. The irony is that Colston was most closely linked to the slave trade when he was working in London in the administration of the Royal African Company. The 1660 Navigation Act ensured that only English-owned ships could enter colonial ports and the RAC was given a royal charter in 1672 which meant they essentially had a monopoly on slaves and gold on the western coast of Africa. The company delivered between 90,000 to 100,000 slaves to the British colonies during that 20-year period. All of these slaves, men, women and children, were branded across their chest with the letters RAC to mark them as property of the company. Over 10,000 children died on that crossing. The Bristol Museums claims that all we know is that he was an active member of the governing body of the RAC, which traded in enslaved Africans for 11 years. But there is evidence to refute this idea of a clean break. Not only did he buy more shares upon leaving the company, but in the time period that Colson became a shareholder, 1682, briefly deputy governor, 1689, and left the company, 1692, he had made his own name in the slave trade beyond the London-based RAC. In 1683, he was admitted to the Society of Merchant Venturers. This was a Bristol-based group of merchants who lobbied for the opportunity to trade with Africa to be open for all English traders outside of those under the king, leading to the commercialisation of the slave trade in 1698. He also took over one of his brother's Bristol companies after his death in 1684, that traded in West Indies grown sugar. So while he wasn't around during Bristol's heyday, if such a word can be used, he certainly paved the way for that development. When I hit and cool, I'm a fuse and then ba-bum Later, see you later, I'm about to blow this up You can sing or sing if you want, I know you want it It's always kinda funny, yeah, cause you unlock I'm a superstar in the sky to leave you on Haters gonna hate, it's a proof of how they love They can bring me down, nah, nah, nah Stay jealous, I'm here in my umbrella Yeah, they love me slow This is me, I'm so In what Marvin Rees described as a piece of historical poetry, Edward Colston's statue now lies at the bottom of the River Avon, mirroring the tens of thousands of stolen bodies on the trade routes across the Atlantic. Should the statue have been brought down? I think so. I do understand the opinion that, rather than taking down statues of problematic historical figures, Cecil Rose in Oxford University, or Winston Churchill in London, there should be plaques put up to explain why they should not be celebrated. 
especially with Colston, it is the misrepresentation of him that caused such deep upset. Bristol Cathedral stained glass window with Colston's image reads, Go and do thou likewise. And the plaque beneath where his statue stood until recently describes him as one of the most virtuous and wise sons of Bristol. However, I personally don't agree that this kind of statue does anything other than glorify historical figures. They cannot show the complexity of a real person like other art forms. Philip Colston Robbins, a distant relative of Edward Colston, wrote into The Guardian in 2017, suggesting that rather than commemoration through statues and plaques, why not a Colston Development Fund to provide aid to those countries most affected by the slave trade? This seems more productive than a plaque, when the public has made clear that they feel discomfort walking under Colston's figure. As historian Madge Dresser says in her study of monuments and slavery, even dead statues have the power to provoke. Thank you. Yeah, the world.